Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Abiding Family Podcast um, with your host here, Ashley Myers, and I'm really excited to be with you guys. Um, I think this is episode four. We're getting farther along. It's hard to keep track, which is really exciting. Um, And I have some exciting news that if you didn't already know, we have a store on the website, theabidingfamily.org. You can add forward slash shop or just go to theabidingfamily.org and there's a shop on there. And um, I've been adding different products, t-shirts, sweatshirts, there's journals, tumblers, that sort of thing. Um, Some are the Abiding Family merch. Um, I am wearing my sweatshirt tonight with the Abiding Family on it and I'm really excited to finally have it here. But I also have some fun things like mama um, shirts and dad dash shirts. Um, also, there is a Down syndrome um, sweatshirt and T-shirt that says I love someone with Down syndrome. There is a um, Nash or sorry, World Down Syndrome Day is coming up in March. Um, well, we're in March now officially, but um, March 21st, so 321. Um, it's for um, the th- like three of the 21st chromosome, which is Down syndrome. Um, And so there's a sweatshirt on there for that to wear and support on that day. Um, And if you don't know, I have a son with Down syndrome um, who we love dearly. And so I can't wait to wear that and support that um, and our love for him on that day. So lots of different fun things on there. Plus I added at the end of the last week, a um, foster care um, shirt in honor of my friend, Abby, who um, is a single foster mama and who is just rocking it and has been an inspiration to me and many. Um, And it talks about how foster care is gospel work and gospel work is always worth it. So um, really excited to get to highlight that. And I hope to bring her on the show one day just to talk about that um, experience. She's also an amazing children's minister. Um, So I'm hoping in the next couple months to bring on some different people to interview um, and that sort of thing. But what's really exciting is that because you are a podcast listener, you can get a special discount code to use in the store. Are you ready? The code podcast three, two, three will get you 10% off. Again, that is podcast three, two, three coupon code will get you 10% off your order. So, um, please, um, go in everything, um, all proceeds from that go directly to support the podcast, um, the website, um, just the different technology things behind the scenes, as well as I'm hoping to produce some more products, um, some different resource um, guides to help um, us understand scripture and some family resources. So um, all of that goes to help support that and kind of the growing of this ministry and that sort of thing. So I appreciate all those things. So today um, I want to talk about um, this topic called lesson from the lights. Um, As many of you know, um, or if you don't know, I live in Alaska on the Kenai Peninsula, which is south of Anchorage. Um, So if you find Anchorage on a map, the peninsula that's just south of it is the Kenai Peninsula. And I live in Soldotna, which is like basically kind of a sister city of Kenai. um, And we follow along the Kenai River. Um, and so there's a lot of fun things about living in Alaska and there's also some not as fun things about living in Alaska, but 
you know, as my counselor said, as long as the not so fun things are not as bad, you know, as the things you dislike about living in Texas, then it's fine, right? I really don't like the heat, I've decided. I have just always dealt with it because that's all I knew. Now that I've been introduced to a different way of life, it's really hard to go want to go back to living in the extreme heat of Texas. So we will see where life takes us. I'm never saying never. But anyway, one of the cool things about living in Alaska, particularly in the wintertime when we have so much darkness, is the chance to get to experience the northern lights or the aurora borealis. But where we live, kind of in the southern part of the state, well, not, you know, quite the tail where like Juno and stuff is, uh, but where we are, we don't always get to see them. Um, they're not as prominent where we are, such as like if you're in Fairbanks or farther north, um, they get to experience them a lot more. Um, but it, the lights don't always dip down so far um, as where we are. And then typically, like I've only seen them one other time. And they were so far off, it was really, like, really hard to see them. Um, and really, I wouldn't have even known except that someone told me they were out and I went looking for them. But again, they were so far off and so fleeting, um, you really couldn't see them. But this past Sunday night, um, on the 26th of February, we got this amazing, amazing light show. And the buzz kind of started Sunday afternoon. People were posting on Facebook. The forecast was really good um, and that the, you know, sky should be clear. And so it was a good night. So it was kind of a buzz. Everyone was watching for them. And the thing about, you know, the northern lights, you're you're watching for them in the sky, right? So if there's clouds, you can't see them. So there may be other nights where like the forecast was good, but we would have cloud coverage or something. And you really need a good, crisp, clear sky to see them. Um, and so, I mean, I've been trying for months to catch them. And like I said, I'd only briefly caught them one night prior and they were so far off. It was really hard to even tell what it was. And so months been trying to catch them. So I was kind of determined to do whatever it took to see them. So Augie and I had we had a, had a meeting at church. We stopped at the store. Andrew was at work. And so we came home and I stepped out in the backyard and I could see them. But the thing that I've learned about them is that they can be really hard to see from the naked eye. Um, and so honestly, if you follow on social media and you see the pictures I posted, the camera actually makes them look more vibrant than they are to the naked eye with the exception of when they like really light up above you, but that I'll get to that in a second. So like from a distance, they're actually, they're kind of far off. Like I said, the camera enhances them a lot more. Um, and so I'm having to use initially, it was having to use my phone to kind of figure out where they were, um, you know, in the camera to kind of see them. And then once I used the camera to kind of, I was like, okay, now I know what I'm looking at. Um, and so it was cool and they just kept getting brighter and you could tell they were kind of getting closer and it was really cool. So I went to the front yard and, um, to the other side of our house so I could get kind of farther back from the trees so I could see farther away. And, um, it was like, also it was like one degree outside. So it was freezing cold and my hands were like going numb really quick. And, um, so I kept watching and they kept just kind of coming and going and, 
um, there's a lot of waiting and a lot of watching, um, and a lot of searching and freezing and questioning, are those them? Are those not? Is it coming? Is it going? What's, you know, going on? And then all of a sudden they just like blew up over us. It felt like, I mean, and they were just straight above us and they were dancing and like the colors were changing and it was white and pink and in green. I mean, it was all these colors and they were just like moving up and down. It was like dancing. And it was so mystical is the word that I keep like describing them as, um, heavenly is another word that I would use. Um, it was, I mean, it was like magical, it was mystical. They were just there and you, they were just like these lines and they were just dancing in the sky. And, um, I grew up watching my sister and I, we would watch brother bear as a kid. Um, if you've never seen it on Disney, it's like kind of the Alaska Disney cartoon movie. Um, and so I remember watching them as a kid on there and like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what they actually look like. Um, and I just remember being in awe and I was trying to capture her with my phone and, um, well, you know, but also just taking moments to stop and just watch because it was just incredible. But I was also like, if I don't get this recorded, I'm not going to believe this actually happened. Um, it's just, it's insanely mystical looking and, um, I don't even understand the science behind it. Andrew does other people do, but it's really cool. Um, and it's just, it all has to do with solar flares. And again, I'm not even going to try to, because I don't even understand, but, um, it was crazy, but it was unlike anything I have ever seen before. Um, you know, when we go out in nature and even, I mean, living in Alaska has some of the most beautiful picturesque scenes and it's constantly changing it it is yet to get old i mean you're driving in a town and there's a massive volcano mountain i mean just breathtaking and you go through the mountains and there's you know frozen waterfalls and ice covered lakes i mean it's just stunning all the time but those things, while they change, they're not like rapidly changing and they're not fleeting, you know, I mean, the mountain is always there, you know, while it may be different, whether it's covered in snow or the way the sun's reflecting on it, you know, or that sort of thing, but it's not like moving in, in like fleeting. Um, and it's not, you don't, don't just catch it, you know, in a moment it's there, but the lights were, I mean, they were moving, they were fleeting, they were I mean, it's almost like seeing an animal in the wild and to some degree. Um, but like you can't necessarily go out and capture it or find it in in like it's out of our reach. We can't touch it. It's just it's just so different. Um and it's not predictable. It's not like the sun or the moon or anything like that, where it's I mean, it's semi-predictable. They've gotten science down enough to where they have some, but even then the predictions are not the most accurate of things. And so it was just this totally different experience. And um, Monday morning, we were having our team meeting with church banners, and I was telling the team about it. And uh, my boss, he goes, I would be freaked out if I walked out and looked up and saw that. And just, and I didn't know. And I hadn't thought about it that way, but I was like, you're right. Had I not been aware of what was going on, and I just walked out and and happened to walk out at the right moment and saw that. I'd have been a little freaked out too. I mean, like, is this the second coming? I mean, what is going on here? I mean, it's just like the heavens just like almost 
open up and these lights are like piercing through the atmosphere. It's crazy. And so all I could think about was two things. One, Psalm 19, one, which says the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. I mean, there's no better picture for that verse than seeing that. I mean, I've seen some incredible sunsets um, growing up in Texas, even here in Alaska, some of the most beautiful sunsets and sunrises. But none of those compare to seeing the northern lights and the aurora borealis just do its thing. I mean, just incredible. And then some country song about if I never get to see the northern lights. And I was like, I got to see the northern lights. Um, bucket list checked off. Um, but just the awe that God made that and that it was almost like you're getting to witness him firsthand because it was just so different and, and just magical. There's just nothing else that I can use to describe that and where it comes from. It's just incredible. And so since that, I've just been thinking about all the different things that I could learn from those moments and just the awe of it. And so some things that I've kind of taken from that moment of seeing the lights and having that experience and what it reminds me of. And the thing that keeps coming to mind is the waiting of God in the dark seasons. You know, I've spent months, I mean, we moved up here in October and it's now March, months looking for, you know, and waiting for the lights, following my app, you know, looking for good predictions of them. Um, when an alert pops up that it might be visible, stepping outside and looking. And usually, I'm pretty cold. It's also very dark. Um, and so it just makes me think of the seasons of waiting when we're waiting to hear from God or we're questioning and we're asking and we're, we're even searching for him. Um, and we're searching for an answer um, in those cold, dark spaces. Um, and we're just waiting for it, you know, and I, I think about times in my life where, you know, there was a lot of questioning and either questioning of God, why, or questioning what's next or what should we do? Um, you know, in those moments. And so I just, I keep thinking of this parallel of this just waiting and watching and what that felt like in, in the Brit, the brittle cold in the darkness um that comes with that waiting and searching i mean one thing that i've learned up here in alaska is that it gets dark up here i mean like i experienced darkness in texas you go out in the middle you know of the country in the field at night it can be dark when the moon's not shining but I, someone up here described dark in alaska as it's darker than midnight in a coffin and it's true it gets really brutally dark up here it's scary kind of sometimes how dark it can get at night and we experience so much darkness up here in the winter and so I just think about you know that waiting and searching for them and how hard that can be and how much I relate to that in seasons um, in my life when I've struggled with depression um, and the brutalness of that in those dark seasons and those you know god I love you so much why do I still have this you know why am I struggling with this and you know I it 
makes me think of that. And I think also depression and suicide has been on my heart and mind lately. And I'm not sure why, um, nothing in particular, you know, has happened to spark that, but, um, you know, I've, I struggled with depression. Um, and I struggled with suicidal thoughts. That's not something I've opened up a ton about. Um, but I did, I had intrusive thoughts and my depression got really bad at one point and I didn't quite cross the threshold into suicidal, um, thanks to support and my counselor and medication and things like that. We were able to make some adjustments and, um, that sort of thing. But, you know, I believed in God, I have faith and yet I still wanted things to end. I didn't want my life to end. I just wanted all the hard to end. And I remember this thought of, it would just be better if I, this was done. And I just remember like how just dark and cold and isolating that was. And I remember in the days following, just like searching desperately for hope from God and, and for these things. And, um, and so that just kind of reminded me of what it was like looking for the lights and, you know, one thing, and I'm just going to add this disclaimer here. And, you know, as we're talking about depression and suicide, if that's something you're struggling with, please get help, go see a counselor, tell someone I was so afraid to tell someone because I, I didn't want to freak them out. It scared me so much that I had had a thought like that, that an intrusive thought, I couldn't control it, that that had happened, that my brain even had that thought. It scared me so much. And then I was afraid to tell. I was afraid to tell Andrew. I didn't want to scare him. I'd been afraid to tell others because I didn't want to scare them. But in me telling Andrew and having that support and telling my closest people, they were there to support me and make sure that, you know, I made adjustments with my counselor and that we made adjustments and that things then got better and we didn't go backwards in things. And so please get help. I am here. If you need help, please reach out to me. Um, call the suicide hotline if you need to. Um, but also I think we need to also have the conversation and we'll have this in another podcast about you can still believe in God and have a relationship with God and still struggle with depression and suicide and other mental illnesses. Those things do not go hand in hand. Just your relationship with God does not determine your mental well-being. Just like your relationship with God does not determine the physical health of your body. Okay. We just, that needs to be extremely clear and it's not talked about and it is not a conversation we've had. So again, we'll go into that more another day, but that's what this kind of reminded me of in this waiting and you know, and then I think about the moments that I was using my phone to try to help find, you know, the lights, you know, it reminds me of times when I'm like, okay, is God leading me to this? I think maybe I'm hearing him. And that time when I almost filter those things through scripture or filter them through fellowship with other believers to help discern, is that God or is that not? And so just like how the phone was there to kind of help discern, are those the lights or is, am I making it up? We use scripture to help discern, is that God? We use, you know, friends and, you know, fellow believers to help us, you know, make that um, discernment. 
And then I think about the moment when the sky just lit up and I knew those were the lights. And I think about the times that I knew without a doubt that was God. I think about um, the first one that comes to mind is the summer when we were up here visiting Andrew in Alaska and um, we hadn't fully decided if we were going to fully pursue Alaska at that point. Um, and you know, at that point, Andrew going to Alaska after finding out that Augie had down syndrome was purely a meeting our needs deal. It was, we needed income and we needed medical insurance. And that was fully provided by his, by his job in him coming up here to Alaska. And so I'm sure people thought we were crazy in that, but it was purely a um, meeting our needs deal. And it wasn't easy um, sending Andrew up and um, us staying behind. And it wasn't easy for him to come up and leave us behind. And so when, when Augie and I came up to visit towards the end of the summer, you know, we were leaning towards moving to Alaska, but we really we were uncertain if Alaska was going to provide the resources and things that Augie would need. Um, would we be able to have access to the therapies he was going to need and cardiology and different, all the different doctors and specialists that he needs. Um, and so part of us coming up was to figure out, you know, are we going to be able to provide Augie with the best resources in Alaska or do we need to stay in Texas and Andrew search for a different you know, deal. And so one of our first weekends up here, you know, honestly, I was falling in love with just the surroundings and being in Alaska and just how beautiful it was, but there was still this hesitation of, can we provide for our kid? And so we had found this park in town that we really like to go to, Soldotna Creek Park, and it's right on the Kenai River, and it's just beautiful. Um, and so we just loved spending time there. And so we'd be out and about, and Augie would need a bottle or something. And so we would just go to the park and um, go to a bench, and we'd sit down and feed him his bottle on the bench and just soak it all in. So this happened one Saturday. We were just out and about, and... He needed a bottle, so we went to the park. And so we were sitting on the park watching the river and all the birds and people fishing. And we see these like people start to come set up for an event in the park, which is common up here. Like park events happen all the time, especially in the summer, which is so fun. And so we see these people setting up and we're like, hmm, what's what's going on today? So we pull up the city calendar online and Andrew looks at me and he goes, You won't believe this. And I said, What? He said, this event that they're setting up is a disability awareness event. And I said, you're kidding me. And he said, no. And we looked around and all these things, these booths that are setting up. And I said, this is where we're supposed to be. He said, yeah. And I said, this is God telling us this is where we're supposed to be. And so we finished feeding Augie and we let the people finish setting up. And then we went and we met all these people who got us connected and told us about therapy services in town, case workers that we could get connected with, um, helped us, you know, kind of figure out the best pediatricians um, and doctors in town. And it was like God said, here, I'm going to, I'm going to show you right here, all the things I'm going to provide for you and your family and to make sure that Augie is taken care of. And this is where I'm calling you to be. This is where I want you to be. 
and Augie's going to be taken care of. And here it is right here. Now, God doesn't always answer our prayers that clearly and blatantly, but sometimes he does. And it was like the lights that night directly above that were just so blatant and just incredible and just in awe. And I have goosebumps thinking about it, but I have just as much goosebumps thinking about those moments in that moment in the park where I knew without a doubt that was God. That was God speaking to us. And so in our relationship with Christ, we ebb and flow in these moments of blatant clarity from God, but also quiet and darkness. And it can be scary. I think about Jesus and his life and, you know, the first 30 years of his life where God told him to be quiet and to, you know, just be a human, be a man and grow and to learn and to study scripture. And it wasn't until he was almost 30 that God said, now, now is your time to step forward. And then he did. And God was blatant and loud in the moment when he was baptized. And God said, this is my son and sent the dove. And I mean, it was hard to avoid God's presence in that moment. But then what happens? Jesus goes into the wilderness. And Jesus is alone. And so even Jesus went in and out of these moments. And we do. And our relationship with God goes in and out in these moments. These moments that are powerful and breathtaking where there's deep clarity and moments where there's not and we have to question we have to use our discernment we use our knowledge of scripture and our time in the word to help support but the cool thing you know um through all this is that god is always there even when he's quiet even when we can't hear him you know the wars are the same thing they're always there the different uh, science, whatever is going on, like it's the aurora is always happening. It's a matter of, is it light or dark? Can you see it? Or is there clouds covering it or not? Is it, how active is it? Is it, you know, is it visible to the naked eye or not? It's always there. Just like God is always there, even though we don't always get to see it or experience it so powerfully. But God is always there and he is powerful and he is incredible and he is worthy of our praise and again i just go back to this psalm 19 verse 1 the heavens declare the glory of god and the sky above proclaims his handiwork gosh it's just powerful um how good god is and it's easy to say that in moments when we clearly hear from him and it can be really, really hard to say those in the moments of darkness. I think we have to remind ourselves and cling to the moments that we know we're him in those moments of darkness. And that's where we have scripture. That's where we have our testimony. That's, I think, why it's important for us to write down our story and to write down the encounters we have with Christ. That's why it's important for us to hear others in their testimony to remind us of the glory and the goodness of God. God didn't promise an easy life. He didn't promise that there would be no pain or suffering. We're going to have it. And we have to search for him in those moments of darkness and in the pain and in the suffering. And when he's evident and we see him, we praise him. 
And even when he's not evident and it's struggling to see him, we praise him in all of them. So, yeah, so much to learn from the lights. And I really do hope that everyone can experience the Aurora Borealis at some point, but they can be hard to capture. <laughs> um, they're hard to find and hard to see, but man, they're incredible when we do. And, but not as incredible um, as our God, but they're an incredible picture of our God and just how powerful he is. So um, I will share um, video and pictures on the abiding family social media pages. Feel free to go um, check those out and look at them. Um, and I hope that they just show a slight picture of what it's like. They're nowhere near what it's like in person. So uh, so many exciting things. So thank you for listening in um, today. And don't forget that you can use the code podcast 323 for 10% off um, on the abiding family store. Um, again, you can find that at the abiding family.org forward slash store. So um, thanks for your support. Thanks for the encouragement. Um, and I just hope and pray, um, that you find ways, um, and that you get to encounter God, um, this week. And when you do praise him and point it out to your kids, point it out to your family, um, take those moments to teach our kids, um, about the goodness of God, um, in that. So thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the abiding family.